You know, we've been talking about the seven I am. Jesus, I am Jesus is the series, and there's seven I am's in the book of John, and we talked about the resurrection and the life. Uh, we talked about the good shepherd. Are you a good sheep? Do you know I, the, the Lord said that the people, you know, we talked about people going astray? They're still sheep. Let that sink in. All the people that have gone astray, they're still sheep. All my sheep have gone astray, but they're still sheep. But Jesus is still your shepherd, and he's calling you back. Amen? If you feel like you're not in, well, it's just turn around and walk back. Bye-bye, black sheep, have you any wool? Or what was it? Who was the one that lost all her sheep? And they said, just wait, they'll come back. No, they won't. Jesus is calling you to come back. Do you hear that word today? Come on back. All right, so here we go. Uh, we're talking about our foundation scripture, Jesus. I am the light of the world. Say it with me. I am the light of the world. Well, that's Jesus, Pastor Brett. Yeah, but he said you're the light of the world too. And so he said, I'm the light of the world. Whosoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Oh, I want the light of life. I need the light of light, life. And I need to shine my light and hide it under a bushel, no. Huh? But how about the comparison between light and darkness? You know, the, the Bible says the devil's the prince of darkness. When the dark comes, people get scared. I don't know about you. Was you ever scared of the dark? You know, you don't hang your foot off the bed in the, in the dark or make sure the closet door shut or not even arm. Uh, you know, the, the devil come out underneath the bed or some dragon or something and go and get you. But Jesus is light. He is peace. He is joy. The enemy comes to bring fear. And he's the prince of darkness, and he operates in darkness. But how many of you know that, that God and, and Acts, that God sent Paul to the Gentiles, said, I'm sending to the Gentiles to preach the gospel, but I'm going to take them out of darkness and bring them to the light. How many of you know Peter said that you are a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. He has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And say, I'm in the light. light. Say it one more time like you believe it. Say, I'm in the light. light. Well, this this scripture, uh, if you've never noticed, this scripture follows one of the most awesome grace-filled stories in the Bible. And we're going to look at this story and see how Jesus tied it in. Uh, This is is one of the, it's, it's a crazy story, but it's just what the devil does. And uh, this is the story of the woman caught in adultery. It's in John chapter 8. And uh, it's right before Jesus said, I'm the light. And what we're going to look in this story is the law, the love, and the light. The law, the love, and the light. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading. Uh, and uh, number one, the law reveals our guilt. If you're taking notes, write that down. Let me say this. The law is perfect. Some people say you don't have to do the Ten Commandments anymore because we're under grace. No, you do. You do have to do the Ten Commandments to the best of your ability, but there was only one person who could keep it, and his name was Jesus. That's why he's my champion. And so I'm standing in him. He kept the law. But the law was revealed uh, for a reason. The law was revealed that we need a Savior. The law came to show us that we're not as good as we think we are. We all need a Savior, and we need Jesus. 
And that's why he came. But let's read this. Let's read the story. And uh, we'll break it down as we read. It's kind of a crazy story. And, uh, and, and John 8 and verse 2. And it says, at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts. Now, it means Jesus had been there before. Let's just go through it. This is Jesus. He's going to the temple at dawn. Man, that's early. That's early, Pastor Brett. Well, my great-grandmother and grandfather and great-great-grandmother, they got up at 3.30 a.m., 4 o'clock. They were getting ready for the day. At dawn, they were already out plowing, picking, whatever, working the garden, feeding the chickens and everything else at dawn. And then, you know, in Louisiana at noon, it's hot. You eat lunch and you take a two-hour nap because it is 80, 90, 100 degrees. And then they go in the shed and work and getting ready for the next day's chores. That's the way these people were. We Americanize. We get up, you know, I ain't got to be there to 8. I'm going to get up at 745. I got my boots laid out, and hopefully I don't, you know, I catch all the lights green, and I'm going to make it right on time. They got up early in the morning, and Jesus appeared in the temple courts where the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law, the Pharisees, and the scribes, they brought a woman caught in adultery. This woman was doing the deed, okay? Caught. I'm pretty sure she was set up. Where's the man at? Yeah. But adultery hurts a bunch of people. If she's married, he's married, all that stuff. But listen, they, they, they trapped her, and they caught her in adultery, and they made her stand in the group, probably half naked and everything else. Terrible. Look at the next verse. And Jesus said, or they said to Je- and they said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the, and one scripture says the very act, the act of adultery. In verse 5, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. This is in church, y'all. They got stones in church just in case somebody got out of line. I've been thinking about getting some up here. No, no, we're not in that era. We're under grace and mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Because we'd all be stoned at one time or another. Now, what, and they say, all right, Jesus, what do you say? And they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. It's a trap. It's a trap. I said, y'all, y'all get that? It's a trap. See, they, they set this woman up. So it's a trap. We're going to stop right there. We'll pick up in just a minute. It's a trap. Mm. According to the law, she's guilty. So how is this a trap for Jesus? If he lets her go? Oh, they can stone him. But it doesn't. It, it, they're trying to seal his love for people, forgiveness for people. And, and this is the one of the top three for Jewish people. It's automatic. You're going to get stoned. Blasphemy, stoning, all these things. And if Jesus, so Jesus' reputation's on the line. If he has her stoned, there's no grace, no real mercy, no love there. Mm. But we see this that every one of us have lied, stolen, lusted, uh, used God's name in vain. We see ourselves as sinners. That's what the law came to reveal. So, let's go on with the story. Number two on your sheet. The, lo- the love reveals God's grace. 
The love reveals God's grace. In verse 8, and uh, verse 6, excuse me, of chapter 8, we'll finish that scripture just right quick. It says, but Jesus bent down to the, and started to write on the ground with his finger. Jesus is on the ground in the temple and starts writing. Now, what, what was he saying? Look, look, put it back on verse 6 right there. And so it says at the last part, but Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. Now, I've often wondered, what was he writing? What was he writing? Huh? In the Greek, the word means write, but they, they had a little bit on the extra. Let me just read what it says. It, it, it's, the word is graphen, means to write, but it's katagraphen. Kata means against. So he, he was writing down a record against someone. Maybe he was writing their sin on the ground. Notice I'm doing it backwards because that's the way they wrote to us. They started. Now, Jesus is writing things on the ground. Now, let's go to the next verse. And when they kept questioning, he straightened up and he said to them, let any of you who was without sin be first to throw a stone at her. Just leave it right there just for a minute. My, let you without sin. You know, Jesus knew everything. They kept questioning. The Greek statement right here is those of you that don't even think about sinning. Well, that leaves me out. I'm leaving. I'll be the first one out of there. And don't lie to me like you all, you know, polish your halo up before you start lying. Because I know that you've blown your horn at people that didn't move just quite on time at the red light. And you griped about your food coming late and, uh, or whatever. You know, it was my electric bill. If I just had AEP right here, I'd tell them, I'd give them peace of my mind. You can't afford to do that. Got to keep all that mind that you got. Okay, you'll think about that and let it sink in here a little bit later. There was a story. See, we're talking about grace here, just a little bit, the love of God. I heard the story about this preacher that got a ticket, and he was embarrassed as all get out. He had to go to court because he's doing way faster than he's supposed to be. But you got to show up in court. And he had these big sunglasses on. He's trying to hide in the back. And people go, isn't that dope, Pastor so-and-so? And so people were going up, and they go, hey, they clocked you. Uh, the judge said they, you did this and that. Oh, how do you plead? I'm not guilty. They, they didn't clock me right. He went, guilty. Pay the fine. And so he watched him going through that, and he goes, I'm just going to go ahead and admit that I did it. I'm going to get out of here as fast as I can. So he walked up to the judge. The judge said, you speeding this, doing this rate of speed. How do you plead? He goes, I'm guilty. I was stupid. I was ignorant. He goes, what? Say that again. He goes, I was, I'm guilty, and I was stupid. He goes, speak up. And the judge went, come on, help me out here a little bit. And he goes, I was guilty and I was stupid. I was feeding. He goes, I ain't got time to deal with somebody guilty. I got all these innocent people in here. Plump, and he let him go. <laughs> Isn't that funny? He said, man, I walked out of there. I was kind of, <laughs> you know, I didn't have to pay that big fine. <laughs> but let's finish reading John 8, 8. Look at this story. And again, he stooped down 
After he said, you without sin, cast the first stone, he stooped down, he started writing on the ground again. In verse 9, at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Isn't this awesome? So Jesus straightened up and asked the woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Let's leave it right there just for a second, scripture-wise. Where's all your condemners? I mean, no, Romans said there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. This proves Jesus, there's no condemnation in him. Okay? But who's the, who's the condemner? We are and the devil is. He keeps bringing up your past. Yeah, but you're not your past. You're not an alcoholic. You're not a drug addict. You're not a drug dealer. You're not a prison. You're not a convict. You're not this. You're not a divorcee. You're not that. You're a child of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. And tell your your accuser where to get off. Tell him to quit. Get out of my mind. Witchcraft, trying to control your mind. Huh? Huh? And that, those thoughts are rebellious against God. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. Did Jesus say that when the storm? Ooh, this is rougher than what I thought it was going to be. I, I don't think I can calm this one. He didn't. But that was Jesus, Pastor Brett. Yeah, but he lives on the inside of you. He lives on the inside of you, and you're squatting him out. You're, you're pushing him down. Your confidence level. If you, if you go and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, anytime Jesus said something, they said, will you hear me? I will. And a lot of times he said, by your faith, by your faith, be made whole. By your faith. We have a part. God's stirring us up. And I want us to, you know, we're looking at this. God's love reveals the grace of God. Man, there's no condemnation in Romans, I mean, Revelation, the 12th chapter. Jesus is the accuser of the brethren. Put him in his place. You have the authority to put him in his place. It's by God's grace, not by your power. So, let me say this one more time. God's law reveals sin. God's grace reveals sin. Love, or God's love reveals grace, okay? Where are we living now? We're living in grace. But as we finish this, God's grace does not leave you in sin. God's grace doesn't say, well, I, 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 I'm not going to accuse you because I know, I know you was mistreated, and I, I know you was mistreated by your mama or your daddy, and now you, you're chasing men and, you know, talking to this adulterous woman. You know, you just, you've had bad relationships and this and that and the other, and it's all right. You just keep trying to do good. No, it's not what grace says. See, grace, grace doesn't empower you to stay where you're at. Grace wants to take you out of there. Grace wants to pull you up. Put you on your feet, out of the muck and the mire, and put you on the solid rock is Jesus. So he wants to pull us up. He wants to set us free. See, whom the Son sets free, and next Sunday, if you, you abide in him, you get free, and you stay free. 
So, so see, let's go back to verse 11, and it says, no, sir, no one's here to condemn me. He says, neither, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Go now and leave your life of sin. No, it had some authority. One word. She's standing there embarrassed, embarrassed to the uttermost, shamed, condemned. And Jesus said, go now, now, now. Don't wait. Well, one day I hope I can get over this. One day I hope I can defeat this. Now. Hebrews 11 says, now is faith is the substance of things hoped for now. Now. Be free now. Go now and leave your life of sin. Now. Are you ready to receive now? Always. Now. Let's just don't wait and let's just don't play with it. Did y'all see the story where the... Uh, a rabid bobcat attacked this woman and her husband, you know, he grabbed it. Did y'all see that? He grabbed it by the neck and the tail and he's carrying it like this. He didn't go, oh, kitty, kitty, kitty. But many people do that with the devil. Oh, it's okay. He's my friend. No, he's not. He's the one that'll get you addicted. He's the one that'll get you in adultery. He's the one that'll pull you down. He's the one that'll torment you. You don't go, oh, kitty, kid, devil, devil, devil. You catch him by the back of the neck, you take authority. That dude took authority over that bobcat and he slung it. He slung it across the yard and got it off his wife. Some of you men need to get the devil off your wife. Some of you women need to get the devil off your man. We have the authority. Brother Copeland was in bed having a pity party at 3 a.m., Oh, Lord, you know, he's in his mind only. You know, Lord, I, I, I don't know. I'm just whew, pressures of life, pressures of ministry. And at 3 a.m., he's having a pity party. Never said a word. And his wife jumps up and gets on his chest and said, Devil, get out of him. Get off of him. He said, that'll wake you up. Because I was kind of half asleep having a pity party. And she jumped on top of me and said, Leave him alone. You know your husband better than anybody. You know your wife. You know their thoughts. You know their attitude. You know that look on their face. <laughs> okay, you know that look on their face. I'm going to say it this way. Because <laughs> I don't want to look at anybody. Jesus didn't say, I understand. You're okay. No. He declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Leave your life of sin. Let it go. Walk away from it. Now is the urgency. It's urgency now. Miss, 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 the word Miss Shirley gave is the urgency. Now is the time to give, make Jesus Lord of your life. It's an urgency to it because we're easing into the last days. And the Bible says the very elect of God will even fall away if he doesn't come back. And you know what? We haven't even touched how ugly it's going to get. It's going to get ugly. Are you going to take a stand? All the apostles took a stand. We've got to take a stand. Amen, amen. So whatever, you know, I'm gonna, let me hit this just for a quick. Not only does God want to deal with your behavior, her behavior of adultery, but how about her mentality? 
You see, your men, if you don't get your mentality cleaned up, if you, don't, if you don't get your mind on the right track, you'll go back to that, those drugs or that uh, adultery. You'll go back to that sin that so easily besets you if you don't get your mind right. If you don't stay refreshed, if you don't stay uh, in the Word, if you don't encourage yourself in the Lord, if you don't have somebody encouraging you, if you're not, you know what, God will tell you to encourage somebody. And it will keep them. You'll be surprised how it keeps people. So what you believe, what you believe. You know many people told me, well, God, God can never use me because of this, this, and this. That's wrong belief. Remember the woman at the well, been married five times and was living with somebody. And Jesus used her. And she didn't read her Bible 16 hours a day and she didn't uh, pray 16 hours a day. He goes, he started speaking life to her and she ran to the village. That's using her. Let me tell you what, there's a prophet at the well. He just told me everything about me. And here come the crowd. And Jesus ministered to the crowd. Just, I'm going to let that sit there because a lot of us think I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. Yes, you are. But begin to change. Deal with the things that are hindering you back. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. It would be better. You'd be better if you did this. You'd be better if you did that. Be better. What's he knocking on your door about? Is it pornography? Is it whatever? Do you need to pray? You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to continuously pray and meditate the word. We need to stay with it. Stay with it always. So he said, go now. Leave your guilt, your shame, and God's love and grace is available to you. So number three. The light reveals our hope. Jesus is the light of the world. We're getting to that. In John 8, 11, again, it says, and now, go now and leave your life of sin. Leave your life of sin. Verse 12, and when Jesus had spoke again to the people. So Jesus has never left, and neither has the crowd. They're watching what's going on. Do you know that you learn how to handle people or deal with people by how you see people in authority handle them? People you follow, you know, you can follow the wrong people and you'll find yourself out burning and rioting. Mm -hmm. you know, somebody said they was canceling all outdoor activities and if you're going to burn and riot, they said stay home and burn your own stuff. That's another joke. Yeah, I'm sorry. It fell flat, didn't it? But it's a, it's not a funny thing, you know. But it's not it's not these times are serious. It's time to be praying. It's time to get serious. It's time to start declaring those people would be saved, and that the love of God would come, and that the hope people are without hope these days. And Jesus is the light of the world, and He is the hope. Because because look what He says. He spoke to the people, and He said, "I'm the light of the world." This. Is right after he just delivered that way. He is the one that is the, he's the, the transition from the old covenant to the new. And I'm living in the new covenant. Are you living in the New Testament? You need to be living in the New Testament. The Old Testament's where they stone people. If you're still, listen, how do you recognize that somebody's under the law? 
because you're not good enough, Miss Becky, to be even sitting on the front row because you have this and this and you're not that and you're not this and you're not this. You don't even know what redemption means. You're not, you're not, ah, no. Jesus didn't do that to that woman. She knew adultery was wrong. Well, it's wrong and you know you're doing wrong. He didn't say that. He said, don't do it anymore. Be free. And his words have power. And his words bring hope. And man, this world's hopeless. And they need Jesus. And they need to be set free. They don't need to be running around trying to hurt somebody. And you see it all the time. Kids chasing the wrong things. And people chasing the wrong things. When people need to be chasing God and the love of God. And be free from them. Amen? So hope. There's hope in Jesus. As we look at these things, know that Jesus says, he doesn't condemn. I'm sewing back again. He said, I'm the light of the world. So since I tore Miss Becky down to the woman, to the woman that was caught in adultery, he was the light of her world. You're going to let him be the light of your world? If he's not the light of your world, you start looking at everything that's going on. And here your hopelessness comes. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. The fear, the worry, the cares of this world come on us. But Jesus is the light of the world, and we're called to be the light of the world. Let me show you something. Uh, there's another scripture that says that Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. In John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. That means you can stay in darkness, Christian. It's time to break off that darkness. As we close, I want to say this just real quick. What does it take to have light? Power. See where I'm going? If Jesus is the light of the world, he has enough power to light it. If he's called you to be the light of the world, he's empowered you to be light. Hold on to that. Say, I've got power. I'm the light of the world. So are you going to let your light shine? Are you going to be bold? Are you going to hide it under a bushel? Don't want nobody to know I'm a Christian. Undercover Christian, no such thing. No such thing. We sang in that song, and I, I wrote it down. You're to carry his victory. Wow, what a responsibility. You're the light of the world. You are the giver of hope. You are the giver of grace. You're the giver of forgiveness. They have to see forgiveness and hope and grace in your life. That's what being the light is. That you show the grace and the mercy and the kindness and the goodness of God. No matter what, you're going to smile in the midst of adversity. Come on, on purpose. You know, I, I teach you a lot of times you need to learn to laugh even when you don't feel like it. Ha, ha, ha. And then you go, ha, ha, ha. It's, I see some of y'all starting to smile. Ha, ha, ha. Do you see how it works? 
You can't say glory to God three times without having the joy of the Lord rise up in you. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, so you got to stir yourself up, and you got to give God glory for who he is and what he's doing in you. And he's doing great and mighty things in you, Brian. Great and mighty things, things that you haven't even seen yet and haven't tasted of, but God has got his hand on you, and you know it. And he is doing great and mighty things for you. Get ready. Y'all watch that. Y'all need to watch him. He's going to start glowing here, and you're going to have to put your sunshades on because God's doing some things in him. Glory be to God. So, bow your heads and let me pray. Holy Spirit, I ask you to shine your light in our hearts. Reveal the hurt and the pain and the darkness that's really holding us back. Show us where we need your love, your hope, your grace, and your light in our lives. In Jesus' name, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, some of you need to learn to forgive yourself. I know people remind you of what you were and who you were, but don't you let them. You don't let them in your heart. You're a child of God. The Bible says the children of God are overcomers. They're more than conquerors. This woman was set free in a moment. Now, Jesus said, now be free. So when I ask you now, will you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? If you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, will you accept him? I don't care what your age is. You're not too old. You're not too young. But I want you, the reason I ask you to close your eyes, I want you to look at your heart. What is it? What is it in you that's hindering you from accepting Jesus for the first time as Lord and Savior? Will you accept him? As Lord and Savior, say, well, Pastor Brett, that's me. Just lift your hand. Let me pray with you. Anybody? All right. I see a hand. Anyone else? So let me ask this. We'll come back to that. Everybody in here needs to check their heart for what is hindering them from running with God, walking with God, being the light that he's called you to be, not chasing the things of the earth or this world, but chasing God. Judge your heart. So Holy Spirit, I ask again, reveal these things to every person in this room. Stir in our heart. Stir in our heart, Lord, the great and mighty things that you want to do. And each person, give them a vision, Lord, a dream that they can see who and what they're called to be. In Jesus' name. Now, everybody look at me and let's pray this together. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I accept him as Lord and Savior, fresh and new, with joy in my heart. I put aside sin. I'm not going to live that way. Thank you, Lord. You're my joy, my strength. In Jesus' name, 
Amen.